welcome to the podcast of Follow Baptist Church. Our vision and mission is to follow Jesus in our community for His glory. We hope and pray that you are blessed, challenged and inspired by this message. For more information on Follow Church, you can visit our website at www.followchurch.com.au. stay safe in the world today. Step one, avoid travelling in cars because they are responsible for 20% of all fatal accidents. So most of you drove this morning, so congratulations on getting here. Well done. Step two, don't stay home because 17% of all accidents occur in the home. Third, avoid walking on streets or sidewalks because 14% of all accidents occur to pedestrians. Fourthly, avoid travelling by air or rail or water because 16% of all accidents involve these forms of transportation. Now, if you're doing the maths, we're up to 67%. Of the remaining 33%, 32% of all deaths occur in hospital. So above all else, whatever else you do, please avoid going to the hospital. That was the bad news. The good news is you'll be very pleased to know that less then 0.001% of all deaths occur in worship services at church. (laughs) And virtually all of them are the result of pre-existing physical conditions. So logic tells us the safest place for us to be at any given point in time is at church. (laughs) And even better, Bible study is safe too. The percentage of deaths during Bible study is even less. (laughs) So statistical proof... Go to church, read your Bible, it just might save your life. <laughs> there you go, you've got to love stats, don't you? Okay, so we're starting a new series, as Luke said, called The Fruits of Summer. And I really like this title, The Fruits of Summer, because it, in summer, in Australia, life slows down a little bit. The schools are closed, some businesses are closed, people are on holidays, and you might get the sense that you can just take a break from life. Everything slows down. But the fruits of summer, this title reminds us that God still calls us to be fruitful in every season of life. God still calls us to be his witnesses, his missionaries, his people. And even though the stats say it would be much nicer just to huddle up and stay nice and safe and warm inside the church, God calls us to be his witnesses, his people, his missionaries out there in the world, regardless of the circumstances. So as we go through the next few weeks, Let the series, the fruits of summer, let the title remind us that God still calls us to be fruitful even in summer. And of course, the fruits of summer is not just some random title that Luke picked out of the blue. It's based on the fruits of the Spirit and that famous passage from Galatians 5 that Nathan read for us. And I asked Nathan to read specifically the, the passage before as well because it gives us a great, it's like a before and after picture. Before the Holy Spirit comes into our life and after. I'm sure you've all seen before and after pictures, haven't you? You know, before I went to the gym and then after I went to the gym, you know. (laughs) With me, there's not a whole lot of difference, but but for some people, you've seen, you know, before I went to Jenny Craig and then after I went to Jenny Craig. So this is the classic before and after passage in the Bible. Before the Spirit of God comes into our lives and then after. And you can see the different fruits. The first list there, this is... When we live life for ourselves, when we live just up to ourselves, make up our own rules, whatever suits us, that's the kind of fruit. And when you look at the world around us today, isn't that the kind of fruit that is being being produced? 
Yep. And then after Jesus comes into our life, the Holy Spirit fills our life, an entirely different kind of fruit is produced. It's a classic before and after. And just a brief explanation today, sometimes I talk about Jesus coming into our lives or the Holy Spirit coming into our lives. And you may be confused, thinking this is two different issues. In essence, it's the same thing. Okay? God is in three parts in a way that we as humans can't fully comprehend, but God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit, God in three different forms, but it's all God. So when I talk about Jesus coming into our life or the Holy Spirit coming into our life, essentially it's just God coming into our life, okay? And I know it's the best analogy I've ever heard. It's not perfect, but when you think about water and ice and steam, they're all H2O, but they're in three different forms. The same thing with God. Although God is all three at once, which is unlike the water. But so don't be confused when I talk about the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, all the same thing, just to explain that. So we have a great list there before and after. And today I'm going to talk specifically about peace. Now, over the next few weeks we'll di- di- pick different fruits of the Holy Spirit to talk through. And I'm not not talking about peace because it's the most important or because it's listed first or because it's comes first alphabetically because it's none of those things. I simply chose peace because I think it's a very important topic. We just celebrated Christmas, of course, and, you know, peace on earth. And one of the titles given to Jesus, the Saviour, was the Prince of Peace. And we have a world that is crying out for peace. People need peace in their hearts. People want peace between different races and different nations and different ideologies. And yet more and more the world turns its back on Jesus. And how will they ever find peace if they ignore the Prince of Peace? It just doesn't make any sense. And so I thought peace is a topical and important thing for us to talk about today. Now, of course, peace means different things to different people. I heard a story once about these two artists who were both asked, they were two painters, and they were asked to produce a painting that would depict peace. And they both went away totally separately from each other, and they both went to work on their painting, and they came back. And the first one had this beautiful, serene, calm countryside with the sun shining and the cows were grazing and the birds were singing, and you could just imagine Daryl Corrigan going, how's the serenity? This beautiful, calm, peaceful, picturesque countryside. The other artist, his painting was quite different. He came back with a painting of a tree in a storm, and you could see the branches of the tree were being bent over and the leaves were being blown off. And in the background you could see the rain and the, the lightning. And you could just imagine the storm raging. And yet in the fork of the tree there was a bird's nest. And in the bird's nest there was a mother bird. And safe under the wings of the mother were some tiny little baby chicks. And those tiny baby birds were safe. They were at peace. They were secure under their mother's wings. Even though life was raging, the storms of life were raging around, they were at peace. And that's the kind of peace I want to talk about today. Because life is hard. Sorry if you're still young and idealistic and you haven't figured out yet. But <laughs> so sorry for the spoiler alert, but there are going to be challenges, there are going to be difficult times in our life. And so peace is not the absence of trouble. Peace is confidence in God in the middle of the trouble, regardless of the consequences, regardless of our circumstances. Jesus actually warned us that trouble would come. In John chapter 16, he said to his disciples, 
in this world, you will have trouble. So don't, when you have troubles in your life, don't think, oh no, it's just me, the universe is against me, woe is me, why is this happening to me? That means you're normal, that means you're human, that means you're alive, congratulations. Jesus warned us that it would happen, but he said, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So we can find a peace, we can find strength and confidence in Jesus, but only in Jesus. No one else can give us this kind of peace. In the Old Testament, there was a guy called David. Great name. I was named after him, so terrific name. And this guy started off life as nobody. He was the youngest son in a, a large family. He used to just go and look after the sheep and um, wasn't, wasn't highly regarded even in his own family. But he eventually became the king of a nation. And he was revered throughout the the history of the Jewish people is this great king and he was named as a man after God's own heart. An awesome king. Did David have an easy life? No, absolutely not. In fact, at one stage, David was a fugitive from the law on the run, running for his life because the king wanted to kill him. Now, I've been in a situation where the people that I worked for sort of said, well, Dave, look, we don't really want to have you around anymore and that, that really hurt. But imagine how it would be for King David knowing that the king that he served and worked for actually wanted to kill him. And not King Saul didn't just think, oh, not David. Actually, no, King Saul called the army out and said, let's go and hunt this guy down and we're going to kill him. So David was on the run like a wild dog running for his life. And was, was his life easy? Absolutely not. And yet he wrote all these psalms and some of them he says, look, how long, O oh Lord, is this going to take? But another time he wrote, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Did he say, evil will never happen to me? No, he didn't. But he said, even though it does, even though evil might be all around me, I don't need to fear because God is with me. That's the kind of peace that I'm talking about today, the kind of peace that can only come from security in God, regardless of our circumstances. In the New Testament, there's a guy called Paul. Now, Paul, if you've read the book of Acts, you're probably familiar with his life, and he wrote all these letters. In this one particular letter, he wrote it's the book of Philippians that you've probably read in the New Testament. If you haven't, I encourage you to do so. Great book. But Paul had been to a place called Philippi, and he planted a church, and while he was there, he was arrested and ended up in jail on a completely bogus charge. He was in jail. And so... And then when Paul writes to the Philippians later, in Philippians chapter 4, he talks about the peace of God that passes understanding, the peace of God that is beyond human comprehension, the peace of God that we can't even explain or rationalise that is over and above our circumstances. And this is not just a theory for Paul. He didn't just write about this great thing. He, he put it into practice. And the Philippian people would have known because when Paul was there and when he was in jail, if Paul raging against the injustice of being thrown in jail? No. Paul was in there singing songs and praising God. He had peace and confidence in God despite the circumstances going on around him. And that's the kind of peace we can only find in Jesus. We can only find in God. This is a very creaky board. It's very distracting. I hope it's not distracting you. Now, when I talk about David and Paul you might think, well, that's so easy for them. They were back in the Bible. You know, they were superheroes of the faith. But what about us? What about me? What about now? 
And all I can give you is my own perspective. Now, the last two Sundays, we haven't been here. My family and I, we've been away. We were, we were on a cruise ship, and it was fantastic. Very relaxing and enjoyable, and there were moments on this cruise ship, standing on deck, just watching the ocean slowly drift by and these beautiful tropical islands in the background. And, and again, it was calm and serene, and problems seemed a long way away. And that is one kind of peace, and I think we all crave and need moments like that in life. But those moments don't last. They are very nice while they happen and hang on to them and if your life is like that at the moment then praise God for it and make the most of it. But let's beware that in reality there are going to be issues in our life. And if those of you who know me, who've known me for a while will know that my life is not easy. The last six months have been a challenge and right now I'm out of work and I don't know what the future holds. And so For me, peace is not the absence of trouble. My peace comes from having confidence in God regardless of the circumstances of my life. And it can be the same for all of us. We can find that true peace, the peace that passes understanding, the peace that is beyond human comprehension, peace that can be found in God that is irrelevant to our circumstances. Now, if you've been coming here for a while and you've heard Luke preach a few times, you've probably noticed something about Luke, about the way that he preaches, and I'm going to warn you straight up front that I'm the same. I might have a different style than Luke, but we both have the same motivation when we preach, the same firm conviction about the Bible, God's Word. We both believe that the Bible is not simply a book of information. The Bible is a book intended for transformation. So when we preach from the Bible. We don't just want to inform you with some interesting things and some Bible history and some nice theological terms and you go, oh yeah, and you fill your head up with knowledge. We actually want to inspire you and challenge you and motivate you and help you to transform your lives into the image of God. And same for ourselves as well. We're all on the journey together. So if I, if Luke and I, we don't just, we're not just happy to inform you, we actually want to transform you. I'm telling you that's a regular thing and that is a firm conviction that we hold and so be warned. So with that in mind, let me explain a little bit about the purpose of this series. The, the second secondary purpose of this series is to help us to live lives that reflect the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So that is the secondary purpose. Yes, we hope that we all begin to live lives of love and joy and peace, that we're more faithful, that we're more self-controlled, more patient, all of those things. But that is not the primary focus. Okay, that's the secondary purpose of the series. The primary focus of this series is not to focus on the fruit, but to focus on the source of the fruit, the Holy Spirit. Just imagine if you had a tree, if you're a gardener and you've got a fruit tree, and the the fruit of the tree was, you know, small and shriveled and tasteless. So would you, a lemon tree, apple tree, whatever it is, would you take one of those fruits and like hold it up to the sun and maybe put some fertiliser on it and trim the buds just around this piece of fruit and maybe talk to it and play music to it and you know try to get this one piece of fruit to magically sprout? No, you wouldn't. It would be ridiculous. You focus on the source, the whole tree. You water the tree and you fertilise the tree and you prune the tree and you try to let the tree get plenty of sunshine and the fruit will be the consequence of what you do. You'll get bigger and juicier and tastier and more appealing fruit. And it's the same thing in our lives. Don't focus on the outcomes, the consequences, the byproducts, but focus on the source. 
Because if we think to ourselves, oh, I can earn God's approval by being more faithful and being more patient and having more peace in my life, that's a works-based doctrine, and that's anti-biblical. It's like saying, maybe I need to clean myself up so that I can hop in the shower. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you, you hop in the shower so you can get cleaned up, and you give your life to God. You let Jesus fill your life so that you will produce this fruit. So the, the secondary purpose is to produce this kind of fruit in our lives, but that is not the primary focus. The primary focus of this series is to give ourselves more and more every part of our life to God, to let Jesus in to our lives. Many of you have obviously given your hearts to Jesus. That's why you're here today, and that's great. That's fantastic. And if you haven't, well, that's the first step to, to salvation and reconciliation with God. But maybe some of you are thinking, well, I've given my heart to Jesus and that's great and now the rest of my life is mine to look after. So this series, we want to let the Holy Spirit into our whole lives. So let me ask you, point blank, have you given all of your life to Jesus? Have you given your tongue to Jesus? Think about the words that you say. Are they, you know, vulgar, profanity, gossip, words that tear down and hurt and destroy or are the words you speak, are they words of life, words of love, words of encouragement, words that heal? Are our words destructive or are our words constructive? Have we given our tongues to Jesus? What about our hands and our feet, the places we go and the things we do? Have we given them to Jesus or are we kind of holding on to them for ourselves? What about our eyes and our ears? Think honestly with yourself, the things you look at, the things you watch, the things you listen to. What are they, whatever is going into your mind is going to affect the way you live. And if the things are going into your mind that are going to produce the first kind of list there, sexual immorality and violence and anger, then you need to ask yourself, is this, have I really given this part of my life to Jesus? Is this really what he would want me to be doing? But if you fill your mind, if you read and you listen to godly, wholesome things, again, read Philippians chapter 4, whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is honourable, fill your mind with these things and then you'll automatically produce the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So ask yourself honestly, have you given your eyes and your ears to Jesus? Have you given your imagination to Jesus? Have you given your wallet to Jesus? Some of you are thinking, hang on, that's not even part of my body, but some people keep it so close it may as well be. <laughs> so but, so the, the primary focus of this series is to give our whole lives to Jesus. Let the Holy Spirit fill every part of our life so we can produce this kind of fruit. So to summarise today, firstly, even though the stats say the world is dangerous, God has still called us to be his people, his witnesses, his missionaries out there in all seasons and all circumstances of life. Secondly, life can be difficult. Life will be difficult, but we can experience God's peace, God's true and perfect peace, regardless of the circumstances of our life, good, bad or indifferent. And finally, our focus should not be on the fruit. Don't focus on the results. Don't focus on the consequences. Our focus should be on Jesus, on the Spirit of God living within us. So let us, this year, let us be people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. Let us be a church that is led by the Holy Spirit. And in doing all of that, we will therefore 
produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks. Am I on? Excellent. Time of uh, communion. What a great opportunity we have to celebrate and to ponder our Saviour's sacrifice and the giving of his life for us. Just read a scripture before we partake and share communion together. Just read out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 through to 26. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he'd given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he also took the cup, and after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this, and as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is uh, the message that the Lord, the Holy Spirit has given the Apostle Paul. Paul wasn't there at the time when the Lord shared that final communion with the disciples. But it was so special, the Lord said, to the Apostle Paul, whom we know was used so powerfully in the New Testament, I want to give this to you, especially Paul. Take note of this. Think about it, church, just for a moment before we take the elements of all of the things the Lord could have said. This is what he said. He could have said, every time you go past a cemetery, remember me because I'm risen from the dead. He, he could have said, every time you go near a hospital, remember me because I opened the eyes of the blind. He could have said, every time you walk near the ocean, remember that I calmed the storm because the Lord did all of those things. But the one thing that he said, Paul, disciples, this is the pinnacle. Everything you do, remember this, that I died for you that I shed my blood, the perfect sacrifice. He lived the sinless life, paying for sinful men and women like us. And we today, we remember. He said, as often as you do this, remember me. It's it's funny that he he encourages us to remember him because he never forgets us. Knows that perhaps it's our propensity in in the busyness of Christmas and New Year's and the, in the hustle and bustle of life, we can so easily forget the Lord. And so we do this today and we bring to the centre of our hearts, the centre of our minds, the wonderful message that we can be forgiven. Hallelujah. That we can be free. And when religion across the world preaches, do, do, do this and do that, Christianity is it is done 
It is finished. It is complete. Wonderful. Emmanuel, God with us. That's the message. Not God is against us, but God is with us. And as we partake today of the precious uh, bread, as we partake of the, the grape juice that is before us, let us remember that Jesus was the perfect sacrifice for imperfect people. Let us today reflect on the community that we're a part of, appreciate the community that we're a part of. Let us reflect on, as Dave has preached, the attributes of our life. Are we living a repentant life because he paid such a powerful, such an incredible price for us? Let us rejoice that today it is finished because of the wonderful sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. We don't have to live in guilt and shame Jesus has paid the full price for our sins. What a great message. What a great saviour. Amen. Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. And I finish. Don't replace Emmanuel, God being with you, for a manual. We have manuals today. I don't know if you set up a trampoline in your backyard over Christmas. Some of you thought, yeah, the kids are asleep Christmas Eve the 24th, 10pm, I'll get up, I'll sneak out, I'll have it done by 11. Five o'clock in the morning, you're still going. Those volley trampolines, they make a volley out of you, don't they? Don't replace Emmanuel for Emmanuel. He's Emmanuel, God with us. As you partake of the elements, let us ponder and reflect crucial thing he has paid the perfect price for all of our sin let's leave this place today rejoicing refreshed Emmanuel God is with us amen church just call the ushers forward have we already got the bread in our hands let's give thanks for for the body of Jesus that was broken the perfect body for us and then the ushers shortly after will distribute the grape juice and we'll partake of this together Father, we thank you for the perfect sacrifice of your son as we partake right now of this bread symbolizing your body, Jesus. We remember you. We remember the perfect price that when Satan has entered into the heart of Judas, Lord, you are sharing this feast with your disciples, your perfect plan in the midst of an evil plan, your perfect plan was still being completed and done. We thank you for the price, the sacrifice that we can be forgiven and free today. We give you thanks. Amen. Just partake of that in your own time. The other elements are going to be distributed. Rose is going to sing a song. Just to be with the one he loves. How many times has he broken that promise? It has never been 
In the same manner, he took the cup after supper, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. And do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. In your own time, you can drink from the cup. Father, we are grateful for the shed blood of Jesus. That we today stand forgiven free. That we've been justified, we are being sanctified. And because of your complete work, we will one day be glorified. Thank you. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thanks for that, Ray. Great reminder. Well, as we're about to finish our service, let's, uh, let's celebrate the new year. God's done amazing things for this church community already. We've been going for six months now. And uh, it's just been a phenomenal time for all of us. So let's celebrate what he's done and look forward to the future. If you were here a bit before the service, you would have heard us play the song Celebrate by Ren Collective. We're going to finish with that now. So join in with the words if you can, but stand with us.
What a great morning gathering together to worship God and how the words of that song, how great he is. It's so true, isn't it? Great to focus on this week. And what a wonderful word we had from Dave today and also from Ray around communion. We're very